Well, we're going to talk about our thoughts today because I want to go back, first of all, to a statement that I made last week, and it was that our words and our actions demonstrate where you are going. Now, pause and think about that. My words and my actions demonstrate where I'm going. And I had to ask myself, do my words and my actions demonstrate and do that my words and my actions agree with what God's word and his actions are? Well, none of us are perfect in that. But it tells me there's, I have some areas I need to work on. There's only one perfect person, and that was Jesus. But I need to ask myself some of these questions. You know, just take an inventory of yourself. So we're going to talk about thoughts today. The thoughts that we have are the producer of our words and our actions. What you think, if you think long enough on it, you're going to begin to speak that thing, and you're going to begin to act upon it. Once you speak words, those are establishers. And that's really something for every one of us in here to think about. Because sometimes we have loose lips. <laughs> and we want to speak how we feel or what we think about somebody. And I've been guilty of that. But so have you. <laughs> I mean, we're all in that boat. When, when we get those thoughts going in our mind, we want to express them. And if we express what, the way God thinks and what he says, then that's okay. So we've all got some work to do, haven't we? So the Webster, I, I looked up, I'm, I'm a word studier. I looked up the word thought. You ever looked it up? I looked up the word thought, and Mr. Webster said, it's a process of thinking. Boy, that's a revelation, isn't it? <laughs> Do you get that? A thought is a process of thinking. It, it's meditation, the power of reasoning. It's mental engrossment. It's attention. It's concentration. It's to consider. And I think that's where we, we mix up. We mess up because, as you know, when we were born again, when we accepted Jesus as Lord, let me say this for those that may not, that may be new. We are a spirit. We have a soul. That's what sits up here in your head. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. And we live in a body. But this part up here was not born again. Only the spirit man you became a new creation on the inside. The word of God says the old man died. And you have become a new creation. Which means we have a new set of rules to go by, girls. But this up here, wants, it's, it's not born again. That's why the word of God tells us we have to renew it. So that we can make some changes. So that word concentration or to consider really stood out to me. Because... What are you concentrating on? What are you considering? When you feel bad, what are you considering? Where is your focus? Is it, does it go to the word that will bring a relief to you or bring faith to you? The only way you're going to have faith in God's word and what he says is to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. You cannot, 
It's not what you have heard, it's what you're hearing. You've got to continue to hear this word, and we cannot put enough emphasis on hearing the word of God. I probably listened during the day, sometime during the day, I probably listened to three or four hours of teaching. You know what that's doing? That's putting faith in my heart. And when you have faith in here, it's going to eventually rise up and it's going to come out your mouth. And you'll find yourself speaking what God's word says. Amen. So the concentration. And I think sometimes that we consider and we concentrate on how we feel. We, we consider or we concentrate on what somebody has said to us. That's not what we're supposed to consider. We're supposed to always consider what God has said. And he says to pray for those who despitefully use you. Maybe we need to write that in our book. That I need to work on this area. And I need to do what the word of God says. The word of God says for me to pray for those who despitefully use me. So I think we can all write that one down in our book. That that's something we probably. Because we begin to consider and concentrate on what they have said. And I have been so guilty of that. To concentrate. You know I'm not standing, you, standing up here and telling you something that, that I don't have to do. I have to do that. And when I get by myself, then I say, oh, God, forgive me. Forgive me. I was, you know, thinking the wrong thing, thinking the wrong thoughts. It doesn't line up with what your word says. Even if it's true what they said to you, even if it's true that they hurt your feelings, you still cannot, the word will not allow you to concentrate on that. Amen. You know, when we forgive somebody, that's more for you than it is for the person you forgive. It's more for you. It sets you free. I'm going in a totally different direction for some reason here this morning. But that really stood out to me. What are you concentrating on? Do you need finances? Do you need to be able to pay your bills? Well, the Word of God says in Deuteronomy chapter 28... That you are blessed going in and you're blessed going out. He said, in, and you need to read those first 14 verses if you hadn't read them. Because he said, these blessings shall, not maybe, these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Praise God. And, and I think I had said not long ago, when I'm sitting in my recliner looking out the windows in my living room. And I just look around I think... Where did all this come from? I mean, I am so blessed, y'all. I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the field. That's what Deuteronomy chapter 28 says. Well, agree with that. You said, but I'm not. Well, you will become that. That's the power of the spoken word is you will become what you are saying. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Believe in your heart and say with your mouth. And then he goes on in verse 24 and he says... That uh, we are to believe it when we pray. So if I was having financial difficulty, I like to give you examples. It's not good just to say it. You got to believe it and you got to act on it. And so if, if I needed financial finances in my life, I would begin to say what the word says. 
Father, I thank you. You said you'd bless everything I set my hands to. Well, hallelujah. What are you setting your hands to do? I'm thinking about somebody in particular that has started a new business. I thought, they're being so blessed. Why? Because God said, God said, he would bless everything they set their hands to do, but he says that to you too. So what do I say? Father, I thank you I'm blessed. If I can't see it, I still say it. Father, I thank you that I'm blessed. I've been praying for wisdom now for quite a while on some, some things, and, and I thank God every night for the wisdom. You know, I've got it. What I say, my time is at night. Uh, it's just my, Susan's is when she's in the bathtub. Well, mine's at night. <laughs> Praise God. But I thank him. If I have prayed about something, girls, you got to get a hold of this. If I have prayed about something and I take Mark 11, 23 and 24 to heart and I believe that, then I have received it when I prayed even though I cannot see it. I believe it. So I start saying and I start praising God. Father, I thank you. I ask you for wisdom. And you said in the New Testament, you said, ask for wisdom and he would give it to you. So I asked for him. So what did I receive? I received, I've got wisdom. I don't know it up here what I'm going to do about something that I've been speaking wisdom over. I don't have it up here yet, but it's in here. And when I need it, I'll know it up here. See, you transfer. See, faith. Goodness. We'll get to today's lesson in a minute. <laughs> faith, what faith does, it deals with the realm of the unseen. And so faith does what it reaches out here where God's promises are. And with your words and your believing it, you bring it in. You can bring in finances. You don't know how it's going to come. That's what's so interesting. You don't know where it's going to come from. But God will bless you. Amen. And he said in that very first verse, I think in Deuteronomy chapter 28, he said, they come upon me and overtake me. Well, I'm walking in that. If you're not walking in that, you go back and read that. And you start saying, Father, I thank you that your blessings come upon Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Girls, actions. We've, we, we've got to believe when we pray that we receive it even when you cannot see it. Even when you cannot hold it in your hand. Even when you can't drive it if you're needing a vehicle. You know, you've got to believe it when you pray. Go back and study that, that chapter. Let's see, Deuteronomy. Well, listen to this. It shall, that's a very strong word, it shall come to pass. That means it's going to happen. It shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently, and that's some important words, unto the voice of the Lord God. Now, his voice is his word. So when you find a promise in the word of God, that he, and you'll see that in Deuteronomy 28, where he says you're blessed going in and blessed going out, and that he'll bless everything you set your hands to do. Well, that's his voice. Well, he says that we've got to hearken to that 
and we've got to observe to do it. We can't just hear it. We've got to put those actions. And we observe to do what the word says. And then all of and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations to the earth. And all these blessings in Deuteronomy 28 shall come to thee. Not one or two. All his blessings. What if we'll just be obedient to do what the word says? And they shall overtake thee. Are you in the overtaken stage in parts of your life? I mean, if I had time to let you share where I regret I look at you. <laughs> Finances. You're over, overtaken them. And she is one of the best givers that I know. Well, I wonder if that has it because you're a giver, I wonder if that has anything to do with your finances. Yeah. Because Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall... Who? Man is going to give unto you. You're experiencing that. And I, I love watching you and Eddie, you know, because they're so blessed and they're such givers. And, you know, she doesn't go around telling you what all she does and what all she gives, but the fruit is in their life. Amen. So Luke 6, 38, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall man give unto you. I always like to think of the uh, brown sugar. You that like to cook and use brown sugar, what do you do with brown sugar? You press it down. And you can first, when you first put it in your measuring cup, it may show a cup, but when you press it down and continue pressing it down, how much more do you get? You can do that until it runs over. And that's what he's saying. Give, that's what's going to happen with your giving. Give and it shall. I'm supposed to be teaching on thoughts. I hope y'all are getting some thoughts. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit just seems to be doing what he wants to do. Okay. So what are you concentrating on? You know, it's, it's just so important what we think about because it's going to come out of our mouth eventually. Amen. Okay, I want us to go to Jeremiah 29. Now, I know all of you, most all of you know this scripture. But you know, there's a difference in knowing and knowing. There is a revelation knowing that where Satan can't steal it from you nor anything that happens to you or about you is not going to take what you know. Amen. But this, this is so important in talking about um, thoughts. Uh, I'm going to start with, um, now these, in verse 1 it says, Now these are the words, words are important, of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem under the residue of the elders which were carried away captives. Now, he was sending this message to them, and he says, verse 4, this is where the letter begins. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem into Babylon. So we here see, see here where the children of Israel were uh, in Babylon, 
They were taken captive. But that next verse means so much to me because there is so much going on in our world today that people want to stop living. They want to stop carrying on a, a normal life. They just sit back. There's people that are doing that because they have no hope. Look what he told these. They were in captivity. And look what letter said, the letter said that he sent to them. Build ye houses. Well, y'all are going to like that. <laughs> and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives and beget sons and daughters. Those of you that think... Well, I don't want to have any more children. Look what kind of condition the world is in. Well, that's not what he's saying. He says, take ye wives, beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there and not diminished. What's he saying? Don't quit living. Times are tough. But you have the word of God that will cause you to live above the hard times. I don't realize the hard times. Why? Because I'm saying what the Word says. The Word changes situations and circumstances and, and things. Now then, I want us to uh, go down to verse 11, which we all are familiar with. And then he says, and I'm going to read something here in just a minute out of, uh, I forgot what, what translation it is, but he says, for thus saith the Lord, after 70 years, he was talking to the, those that were captive. I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know, and this is for you and I today also. I love this scripture. I quote it almost every day. I know the thoughts. We're talking about thoughts. God has thoughts. He thought before he spoke. I, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. God's up there thinking about you right now. Now, is his mind, there's one scripture that says, my mind is full of you. And you think, well, how can his mind be full of me? And you, and you, and you, and you. Well, I don't know what it is. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace. And not of evil. Not of bad things. To give you an expected end. And I think it's the Amplified that says to give you a future and a hope. That's what God is thinking. Praise God. Then shall you call upon me, he said. You shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. That builds faith. God hears me. He's, the word says he hears me always. So he's hearing you every day if you just talk to him. And he shall seek me and find me. When you shall search for me with all your heart, you're going to find him. Praise God. And then he goes on as I will be found of you. Now I want to read to you from the, uh, one of the other translations. It says, from Jeremiah 11. You see, God is prophesying through Jeremiah to the children of Israel. This was above 
verse 11, what he was saying. And you'd have to go above verse 11 to read what all was going on there. That's why I'm giving you this little bit of history. When you read above Jeremiah 11, you see God is prophesying through Jeremiah to the children of Israel who had been taken captive in Babylonia. He told them not to believe all the false prophets and what they were saying because he, God, did not send them. Boy, what a revelation people need to get a hold of. What you're hearing prophesied over our nation right now that's bad, that those prophecies are not coming from God. He said, I didn't send them. They're false prophets. So don't believe it. Amen. Then he goes on. He said, don't be deceived by them. Deception is one of Satan's tools. And so many people just want to quit living. They just don't, they don't want to go out and plant a garden. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to do this. They, they quit living. They're existing. But he says, don't be deceived by what you're hearing on the news. That's not what he said, but that's what you're hearing is all the evil and the bad. Because that's all the, the news does. They don't give you any hope. But the Word of God gives you hope. So he said... Don't be deceived by these false prophets. God told them, even in their captivity, I will visit you. It'd be interesting if you want to go back and read that above there. And we'll just start with the first of the chapter. I will visit you and perform to you my good word. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. And then that, that goes on into that. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Well, what are we going to do with that? You need to know what he's thinking. You need to know his thoughts. And that's what this is. He gives us his thoughts. And then we need to have our thoughts line up with his thoughts. So our words will line up with his words. And our actions will line up. Now the Matthew Henry says this. Matthew Henry is a commentary. Don't be deceived by what you are hearing from all the false prophets. As long as we have the word of truth to try the spirits by, it is our own fault if we are deceived. What's he saying? If you'll just study my word, you won't be deceived. And I mean, we're going to make it, girls. He promises us our victory. He says that we live by faith, not by, not by sight. Not by how we feel. We live by faith, which is produced by this word of God. Everybody needs faith. And the Webster's definition of deceived is to make a person believe what is not true. To make a person believe what is not true. Are you deceived in some areas? We need to question ourselves on some of this stuff. Amen? So, what we think is important because thoughts are Thoughts are controllers, and they are directors, and so they're powerful. They're a powerful part of us, and this that sets up on your shoulders is where all of that is. It's your mind, your will, your emotions, your thought processes, and they have an influence on our actions, amen, and what, what we are saying. Everything God does or everything that God did agrees with his thoughts. Everything he did, everything he said, 
He only did those things because of his thoughts. Thoughts are powerful, and they can be destructive or they can be helpful in, in every situation. And you're never going to change your actions till you change your thoughts. What are you thinking on? I'm telling you, I don't listen to much news. Why? Because it's trying to put their thoughts into my head. They're trying to put their thoughts in my head. And they're prophesying false things. And I'm, I don't want their thoughts going into me. So I asked you last week to write down the word and actions you need to commit to. So I want you to do, be doing that today too. And you know, our mind is like a computer. We know that. Now, I don't do well on the computer. I, I use it to study by. And so I call Chelsea or PJ. Lord, what would I do without them? Well, I'd have to call some of y'all, I guess. Because they know how to do all this stuff. They even, you know, and y'all do it too, and you do it on your phone. I thought, you got to be kidding me. She put something on Facebook about some new program on her phone. And I thought, well, what in the world is that? I don't know. But she's happy with it. So I, I'm happy for her. She understands it. I don't. But I don't need to. I've got her. Amen. So when you, when you buy a computer, it, it knows nothing. It has nothing in it. And so we compare our mind to a computer. And our mind over the years and years and years has sometimes been programmed with, okay, say raw, say raw. Now, you young ones won't realize this. Okay, say raw, say raw. Whatever will be will be Doris Day. The future's not ours to see. Okay, say raw, say raw. We can't have that type of attitude, but that's how some people have been programmed. I just love it when I see y'all singing that with me. You want to sing it again? <laughs> Y'all, as you know, ladies' Bible study is different from what's out front. We're, we're relaxed. Okay. So, but you've been programmed whatever will be will be. That's not true. That's not what the Word says. Don't accept that. Reprogram if you have to. Um, your, reprogram your mind with what the Word says. And it is a process. But praise God, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Word of God tells us that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And He is the revealer of truth. Well, that's who's inside me, is the Holy Spirit. And so, He will reveal to me. He will teach me, praise God. And He will tell me when I'm thinking wrong. And He will also tell me how to think. Amen. And sometimes I get in front of y'all... I'm sorry you don't live with me, but you would be amazed when I'm by myself and in front of my mirror. I talk to me. I tell me how it's going to be today. I tell me what the Word says. I tell me you can't think that. Cast that thought away. Get rid of that thought. You can't do that. Because it will occupy my mind, those thoughts will, and the next thing you know, you know, it's going to be coming out of my mouth. Whew, mercy. Thank you, Lord, for con conviction <laughs> and instruction. So you if you start to get discouraged, examine your thoughts. 
How have you been thinking about whatever that situation is that's on your mind? How have you been thinking about it? Because the Word of God says in 1 John that faith is our victory. Start speaking faith-filled words. So because what you are speaking comes from your thoughts. You've had all kinds of thoughts this morning. And when you speak them, it puts them into action. Amen. So our emotions are directly connected to our thoughts. If I, oh, you're going to love this. If I lose control, if I get angry and spout off out of my mouth, I'm thinking wrong. It goes, wait, it always goes back to my thoughts. When we get, when we start saying things like spouting off, like I said, you know, it comes from up here in this soul that wasn't born again. We've got to learn to feed our soul the word of God. I want to read Proverbs 29 and 11. You're going to love this one, or maybe you won't. But this word is truth. Proverbs 29, 11. Let me get there real quick. A fool utters all his mind. What's he saying? A fool utters all his thoughts. But a wise man keeps those thoughts in till afterward. So after what? Well, I'm going to read it to you out of the Jameson Fawcett Brown commentary. This is what it says about a fool. He rashly babbles out whatever is in his mind or whatever his thoughts are, without regard to persons. He doesn't regard the persons, the place, or the time. It just babbles them out. But a wise man, remember the word said, but a wise man keeps them in until afterwards. Well, Jameson Fawcett Brown says, but a wise man keeps it in, those thoughts, Keeps it in until a suitable time and place to be presented. He makes his feelings. Remember we talked about our emotions being connected. He makes his feelings when pressing forward for utterance. In other words, what's in the forefront of your mind? When his feelings are pressing forward for utterance, he causes them to go back to the former receptacle. He pushes them back to the back of his mind. How do you do that? I'm not going to think that. That's what you say. I'm not going to think that. I'm not going to meditate and concentrate on those thoughts. And he said a wise man will push those back before his mouth speaks. He says a fool's words and thoughts are in the very front of his mind. Well, I think we've all been a fool sometimes, don't you? Because we not pushed him back. But he says the fool's words that are in the very front of his mind. And they are the gate. And the gate is always open for their going forth. The wise man's words are in the further and interior recess of his mind. So we can control those thoughts. We can push them back. But we need to do it intentionally. You need to stand before that mirror and you need to say when you're having the... And it seems like nighttime is when you get those thoughts, you know, when you're still. 
push them back. And like I said, that was one of your cheers, you know, push them back, push them back, way back. Well, that's what we got to do with these words and these thoughts when they come to our mind, push them back. I think it was last year I brought that out. And some of them were saying, boy, I've been pushing back, pushing back. Because thoughts are producers of what we're going to say and do. So, a fool utters his whole mind and all his thoughts will come out of his mouth. But a wise man, remember, pushes them back. Now, this is a quote. The mind is the forerunner of all our actions. The mind. It's a forerunner of all our actions. And every battle, whether it be physical, spiritual, mental, financial, whatever, is won right up here. Every battle is won up here in the mind. What are you thinking? What are you saying? What are you doing? You win it, praise God, in your mind. And I, you know, there's the book out that's been year, years old from whatever her name is. can't remember it. Uh, the Battlefield of the Mind. Boy, that's a good book. The Battlefield of the Mind. That's one of the best books, you know, on the mind that you can read. What was her name? Joyce Myers. I don't follow her completely because she's changing and not confessing some of the bad things <laughs> like she used to. But, but anyway, that is a good book. The Battlefield of the Mind. That's where your battle is fought and that's where your battle is won. So our thoughts are very important. And the only way we're going to commit to, to being and doing what the Word says if we think His words We've got to know what he says, and people need to put value on God's words and realize that, that's, that we've got to live out of his words, amen, and not out of our soul that's not been renewed. So this is a quote from Bill Winston. Do you, any of you ever listen to Bill Winston? I love Bill Winston. He is so powerful. Jesus, he said this, Jesus died to give you abundant life. Well, that's what the word says. John 10, 10 says the thief, talking about Satan, comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if anything is killing, stealing, or destroying in your life, that's coming from Satan. And then what does Jesus say? But, he says, I have come, this is John 10, 10, but I have come that you might have life, and you might have life more abundantly. Well, you know what? Confess that. Jesus, you came to do that, I receive it. I have an, not just life, but I have an abundant life. Out of me flows rivers of waters. And the word of God says in the Old Testament, Therefore with joy shall you draw waters. Where? Out of the wells of salvation, and in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, so the only thing that stands between you, and this is part of Bill Winston's, I love it. The only thing that stands between you and living the high life is what is going on between your ears. Now that's putting it pretty plain. That's so true. What's going on upstairs? We may need to write some more things in our little book that we've got to work on. Make the, this is part of his deal, make the commitment to renew your mind, and there's your commitment. Make the commitment to renew your mind 
and let the revolutionary transformation of your life begin right now. Let the life-changing things begin right now today when you walk out of this place. And this is another quote. What holds us back from living the high life in Christ Jesus is wrong thinking. There is a life that Jesus has provided for us. And, and he was calling it high living. And the only thing that keeps us from having it is we think wrong. We're moved by the TV. We're moved by what we see. The five physical senses. We do not live out of our five physical senses. Because they're misleading. The word tells us in Proverbs 30, verse 32. He says, if you have a wrong thought, put your hand over your mouth. You might want to write that one down in your book. I need to put the hand over my mouth before I say some things. Amen? Don't speak it out. Satan wants us to release those thoughts in words because... It gives, it's the same as giving him permission to act on those words. But they're coming from your thoughts. Are thoughts important? Yes, they are. And the biggest revelation when I was thinking about myself to me that I need to commit to work on is if I think, if I just think like Jesus, if I just have his thoughts, then I will start to live like he said. If I just think like him, if I just think his thoughts, my life is going to change. I'm going to start living like he promised. I'll be blessed going in and blessed going out. I'll be blessed financially, spiritually, physically, mentally, spiritually. If I just think like him, man, I'm going to start thinking more like Jesus. And when I think more like Jesus, I'm going to talk more like Jesus. See, we take up so much time with listening to the news, of which I don't. I check it every once in a while, but I don't watch it every day because I don't want them putting into me what a terrible situation everything's in. My life's good. My life's good. How about your life? If it's not, it can get good. Amen. By thinking like Jesus does. I mean, if you just go back and read those blessings, I'm telling you, there is no defeat in those 14 verses. I mean, the song, the blessing, the, it's chasing me down. Well, how's that song go? I'm trying to think. They're running after me. The blessings of God will run after you. If we'll just think like him. If we think like him, nothing can stop it but ourselves. By us thinking wrong. I'm telling you, we've got a good life. Praise God. We should leave an inheritance for our children. Children. <laughs> but you know what? God said that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave an inheritance for you. She goes. <laughs> but so are some of you. But that is, that's part of the word, y'all. You can be so blessed that you will leave an inheritance, not only spiritually, but financially. You can leave an inheritance for your children's children. And I know y'all like that, don't you? For those children's children, wow. 
Well, live in it. Think like God does. Think like Jesus does. Talk like Jesus does. And I'm telling you what, those kids are going to be so proud of you once you leave this earth. They're going to say, I had a blessed mama. I had a blessed daddy. They thought right. They thought like Jesus thought. That's why I have an inheritance. Because the word was alive in them and they were speaking it. Amen. So, put a hand over your mouth if you have the wrong thoughts. But, I need to think like Jesus. I need to have his thoughts. Then I will start to live like he said. Check yourself out. Start. You know, you may not be to where I am. I'm older than you. I've been in this a while longer. But wherever you are today in your life, start there if you're not where he has promised us. There is a starting place, okay? So, if we think right, we will live right. And then every area of our life will be blessed. That means I have to start thinking big like God does. I have to think big. Don't allow your thoughts to take you in the wrong direction. And, and thoughts can do that. They can take you in the wrong direction. That's why we've got to control our thoughts. Do you realize we see with our mind? We see with our mind. Stop and think about that. Okay? That's why this word right here of God is so powerful. Because our mind needs to see what God sees. My mind needs to see what God sees. How does he see me? He sees me blessed. He doesn't see me sick. My mind needs to see myself well because Jesus said, I sent my word and what? And healed you. You say, well, you got symptoms on your body. Well, they can't stay. Not if I continue to think like Jesus. Not if when I prayed, I believe what I receive. And, and that doesn't mean you ex-doctors. I go to the doctors. But I pray over him. I pray for wisdom for the doctor. I thank him that he will, he will know exactly what to do or what to, what to say. So God gave us doctors. And a lot of people think it goes against your faith. It doesn't go against my faith. Amen. And it shouldn't go against yours, but you incorporate your faith. If you're going to a doctor, incorporate your faith with that. Amen? Okay, so I thought I'd cover that in case. Because some people, I mean, there was years ago where people thought, man, if I went to a doctor, I'm, I'm you know, they, they were against doctors. Well, that was wrong teaching. Amen? So, the mind. Our mind is to see what God sees. Amen. And the only way it's going to do that, we've got to teach it. We teach our mind to think what God sees. Amen. Well, when we're thinking about numbers, let's go to Numbers chapter 13 real quick. You know what that is. Um, where uh, Moses was, to was told what to do. Let's look at verse... Uh, 13, and I'm going to read verse 1 and 2, and then we'll skip over to some things. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Now, that's important. 
That's real important. He had already given the land to the children of Israel when he said to send spies in. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, everyone a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, he sent them, you know, to spy out this land. Now, I'm going to go down to verse 25 and get into what he said. So he sent the spies out to spy out the land. There was 12 of them. And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. I never had caught that before, but they were searching this land out for 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel, all the congregation of the children of Israel. Here they came back. And here's what they said. And brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. See, they had, they had cut some of these grapes and brought them and showed them that they were, how big they were. They carried them across their shoulders, you know, and it was really something. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it when he showed them those grapes. So God had told them that this land will flow with milk and honey, and it's yours. I gave it to you. But what happened to what they saw? What happened to their faith? Nevertheless, the people be strong. Look at the words of their mouth and how it disagreed with what God said. They said, nevertheless, even though it flows with milk and honey like you said, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and, every, and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb, they started giving a bad report. They forgot what God said. It's yours. And Caleb was so smart, he put a hand over their mouth. And Caleb stilled the people because they were giving the congregation bad images with their words. So Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. So he replaced the words in the congregation, the people's minds, with God's words. And you know what? They were able to take it. But look at how they, they were thinking all this stuff. Um, but the men that went up with him said, the ones that went with him to spy out the land, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And we have what we say. Mark 11 says, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. They were huge men. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were 
in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. The way you see yourself is the way the, Satan's going to see you. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself uh, opposite of what the Word of God says? We've got to line up our thoughts and start seeing ourselves like God says we are in His Word. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. Let them say I'm blessed going in and blessed going out. That's the only thing that's going to change your situation and circumstances if you start saying what the Word of God says and you do not change your confession. Even though things might start to look worse, you continue to say what the Word of God says and it'll begin to bring changes. So only two of them saw a great land that God had given them. Only two of them. What they saw in their minds gave them the ability to possess the land. So what you see up here in your soul and you say with your mouth is what's going to bring the changes that you need. They saw the way the physical eyes, they saw with the physical eyes what the other ten saw, but because they had meditated God's word, they saw the same thing. And they meditated on what his word says, they were able to see what God sees. They had to say, well, you know, I, I, I see what God's talking about. He said he's already given that to us. Let's go up and take it. It's ours. Well, health is ours. Financial blessings are yours. Peace is yours if you need peace. Peace is in your, in your spirit. Your spirit houses love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and peace. So what I do when I'm, and, and you know, I have to confess to you, there's times that I have to call on that peace. But it's in here, so I tell it, peace, I talk to my body. Peace, I need you up here. Because peace is the realm of the spirit, but it's in here. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith is housed in your spirit. But we have to get it up to this soul. Whatever it is you need of that, call for it. Call it to come up into your soul. If it's joy that you need, Joy, you're in there, and I command you to come up to my, to my soulish realm. The words of our mouth. We have authority over things that are negative, and we need to call and say what Jesus has to say about them. So the message basically is to believe what God has said and to act on it. And Joshua 18 I'm going to go there real quick. Joshua 18. I'm going to read that verse to you. Joshua 18. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 in closing. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there, and the land was subdued before them. And there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. They hadn't received their inheritance. Well, you have an inheritance. He goes on to say, I'm trying to find if that's the words that I'm looking for. Uh, oh, okay. And Joshua said unto the 
children of Israel, how long are you slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers hath given you? I looked up that word slack, and in the Hebrew it means uh, to be remiss. How long have you been remiss? To be idle, to be weak, to sink down, be disheartened, to be lazy, to let fail. So he's, we have to ask ourselves today, have I been slack in some of these promises of God? Have I not been, have I been slack in being a doer? Have I been slack in the things God's been dealing with me? Because you see, the Holy Spirit deals with every one of us about these things. And you'll have this little thought, you know, I shouldn't think that or I shouldn't say that or, or I should do this or I should do that. But what he was saying to the children, the reason they didn't inherit their, didn't get their inheritance was because they were slack. They were, they were idle. They weren't persistent. They didn't go after it. Well, we're going after whatever this word provides for us. We're changing the things we say. We're changing our thoughts to think like God's. Oh, if I could just, you know, just, it's just so simple to think like Jesus thinks when we got it right before us. Amen. I love y'all. So use your books and write down some of those changes that we need to be committed to. Amen. Because we commit, like I said yes, uh, last week, we teach on commitment to the church, church attendance or whatever. Well, that's good. We need to do that. But what, the God, what God really dealt with me about was we need to be committed to the word, to doing the word, to hearing the word, become a doer of it. And I'm telling you, your life's going to change. You're going to have that high life that Bill Winston talked about. Amen. And you're going to become a blessing to other people. You're blessed, the word says, to be a blessing. Amen.